Hi everyone. Today we're back again at Manchester United. My name is Rohit and I will be joined by Brad Cox to discuss Manchester United's defeat in the Carabao Cup semi-final against Manchester City, our noisy neighbours. And we will also discuss about the upcoming FA Cup third round tie against Watford. Time to begin. So Brad, thanks for joining us today. Now first things first. When we last spoke about our prediction on this game, yeah, we said that Ole would most likely go with the same lineup as he did against Villa. Yeah? Our only hypothesis was that the difference between uh, the teams was that probably Henderson would start in goal instead of David De Gea. And you were at Old Trafford, you saw Dean Henderson warming up uh, after the game as well, right? Now, we were almost quite spot on with that prediction that we had, but the only difference was Eric Bailly was rested. And Victor Lindelof started instead of him. Now, what's your assessment of that setup and decision by Ole? Do you think that maybe Bai being left out cost us a lot? Um, I'm not too sure whether you can put the whole defeat on team selection or Eric Bai's absence. Um, I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was right to rest Eric Bai, especially after playing him four times in the starting lineup. For the first time since 2017, he, he played four games in a row. Uh, very strenuous games in a short time period too. Um, so I think I think it was the correct decision. But what I took away from that was um, it really highlighted the fact that Manchester United are still struggling for squad depth. Many many thought that United have fixed that fixed that issue during the summer transfer window. But when you see Manchester City putting out that sort of team with the amount of uh, COVID uh, ridden players that they have out at the minute absent. Uh, I think I think that really shows the difference in quality between Manchester United's second team, not necessarily second eleven, but second team compared to Manchester City's second team. I think I think we saw a big difference in quality. I agree with you over there, right? And um, you know we've always said Eric Bailly is such a strong and reliable partner for for Harry Maguire because he's got the pace as well, right? Which is something that Maguire lacks particularly. And uh, with his performance in the last few games, it's it's but obvious that he needs to be rested. He needs to be protected because he's got that uh, quite ridiculous injury record at Man United, right? But I also agree with your, with your point on squad depth. And I think when we spoke last time, we did reflect that a rebuild isn't a one-window one or a, or a one-season type of activity. We started focusing first on the right-back, one area of the centre-back position. We've got better depth in left-back as well. But clearly, we are still missing a centre-back. Um, unless, of course, Bailly can, can play that 30-35 games uh, a year, which is, which is, of course, very risky. Yeah? Now, there's a bit of confusion I felt yesterday when the game started in, in terms of the setup. So, MUTV first said that it's a diamond. You know, then there were some sites that saw it was a that said it was a four-three-one-two. Some said four-two-three-one. Personally, I felt that a, a diamond would uh, have been better against City, right? Uh, because last month we played a four-two-three-one against them. Uh, it was a very boring kind of drab door, uh, draw, uh, non-inventive affair. Uh, that's how it was described by many people. How do you think the setup uh, wasn't? Was it the right way to go? I think the setup was interesting because obviously Ali Gunnar Solskjaer has been trying to find a position for Paul Pogba this season. It's not been 
not been easy for Pogba to get into the starting eleven, especially with um, Bruno Fernandes being so excellent, consistent, um, you know, creative, which is something that Paul Pogba has lacked. But you know, when Paul, when Bruno Fernandes has an off day, you expect at least one of those Manchester United players to step up, like Paul Pogba. And yet again, I think Paul Pogba just went went missing. I think. Um, I think at times he, he, he was slow on the ball, uh, failed to really get anything going forwards. But, you know, Bruno Fernandes, looking at some stats here, 47 appearances, 27 goals and 17 assists. I mean, that's just impeccable stats. And when he has an off day, um, I think Manchester United do rely on him too much. And uh, you mentioned the setup there. I think the four at the back was definitely something to go for. Um, but, you know, Scott and Fred, I've discussed this many a time on... Uh, on my Twitter page, they are the trusted ones under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And he has he has gone to the, that pairing in, in huge games multiple times now against big six, against teams that are going to press you. Um, but I think what was interesting about the way United set up about, uh, against City uh, last night was that United actually pressed Manchester City and they looked good on the on, on the attack going forward in the first 20 to 30 minutes which is something that United haven't really done against these big teams is they haven't pressed City Tottenham mm -hmm. and now now yep. Solskjaer is getting confident with with the way the United are pressing and forcing mistakes but I just think I still think against Manchester City a team that are so good on the ball so good at keeping possession I just don't think pressing was the, was the right tactic and, you know, last year we saw a slightly different version of, of, of Ole's tactical uh, news, right? So, step one was he was unfortunately losing out to, to to teams we should have been beating. But then the bigger teams, we were pretty much beating them uh, surprisingly easily in some games, right? I mean, we went to, to the Etihad and beat City 2-0. Uh, in the Carabao Cup, we went away to, to the Etihad again and we beat them 1-0, right? Even though we, we crashed out over the two legs. Um, and now we see... Uh, the opposite, right? We're kind of struggling against the bigger teams, but we're we're picking off good points against the smaller teams. Yeah, well, of course we lost against Arsenal, but uh, uh, yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, I think that that there is a lot of progress there. But Ollie's just got to now, you know, step up a little bit on the bigger teams and and ensure that he pulls out results against them as well. But coming off that uh, that defeat, you know, at home in a derby against noisy neighbours. It's quite a gut punch, you know. I, I, ultimately, no matter what it looks like, we did lose, right? And we're out of the Carabao Cup. But would you take any positives from that game? Um, I think one of the big positives was the way Dean Henderson handled himself. I think Dean Henderson, in between the sticks, showed maturity, um, a, a lot of skill. I mean, he he made some good saves, especially one that sticks out was that Riyad Mahrez save in the in the second half to keep it at one nil and keep Manchester United in the game, but. I don't think there was too many positives last night. I think um, a lot of the time Luke Shaw was caught out of out of uh, position and often left left lots of space for Mara's at, at right wing. Because I mean, if you look at the spread, if you look at the team sheet, it looked like it was going to be Sterling on the right, Mara's down the middle, and Foden on the left. But that wasn't the case. Those three were just just all over the shop, and I, I don't think United could handle it at the back. Um, I don't think Luke Shaw knew which man was his at the right time. I think Wan-Bissaka let his man go, whether it be Sterling or Foden, as those two switched a lot. Um, 
I think that was a worrying sign for me was Luke Shaw's positioning uh, as he, he was caught out a lot. And over the last two weeks, he's been excellent. He's been great at positioning and, you know, he's really locked down that left back position. But I think when you come in, we, you spoke earlier, um, Rohit, about how Manchester United were dealing with these, 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 so-called big six teams and how Manchester United were, were beating them with ease last year and how they struggled against the the, the lower teams. But um, this season, it, it has flipped severely. United have not beaten a top six side yet. I mean, losing at home 1-0 to Arsenal was a big blow, as well as, you know, the, the famous 6-1 loss against Spurs at the start of the season. I think it's a worrying trend that, that is uh, sinking into Solskjaer's side at the minute. I, I agree with you on that one. Yeah, the only positive is that there are more points to take away from the smaller teams than the bigger teams, right? Uh, mathematically, so that could could bode well a bit in our, our favor. But I'm sure with with uh, with all his mentality, he will be looking at at plugging those gaps where he's not doing well as well, right? Um, now, there's a lot of assertions, of course, that that Man United played a bit of a shambolic game from some people. Yeah, I don't fully agree with that, but um, I'm looking at at um, at some opinions and we weren't too bad at all. But for me, one thing that really lacked was that that final third, right? You're getting in, into positions where, where where Bruno Fernandes had the ball, but he wasn't able to to trigger something at the standard level of excellence that he has. Any comments on that? About Fernandes? Well, in general, the final third. Play. I think when Bruno Fernandes, uh, I kind of discussed it earlier, but when Fernandes isn't at it or he's been man-marked out of the game because I think Ruben Diaz and Fernandinho really put put in a hard shift, you know, locking him down and not really allowing him to turn on the ball and put in those balls in behind. You're expecting a man like Paul Pogba or Marks Rashford to step up and neither of those two did that. I mean, as for Anthony Martial, I don't think he provided anything last night up top. He, he, he was a headless chicken at times running around just not, well, not even running around. That was one of his biggest issues. Um, th- there seems to be a real lack of character coming from Anthony Martial recently. Um, and last night, I think Edinson Cavani would have been perfect for that game. I think he would have would have put up a good fight against John Stones and Ruben Diaz. Obviously, he was uh, ruled out and wasn't allowed to play because of the suspension. But I think that game was crying out for a for a striker with confidence in his not only his own game but his physical side to it as well. Because Martial could not hold the ball up. He could could rarely get involved, but Rashford as well. I just thought he was poor on the wing. Uh, didn't really ever challenge Cancelo or Zinchenko when he switched wings. He didn't really take them on. It was very pass forwards, pass backwards. Um, overall, I thought it was a horrendous uh, display from the attack. I thought it was really poor from Manchester United last night. I mean, in simple terms, right? That 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 front four really let us down, yeah. And and credit to them to how good they've been in in recent games, right? I mean, Martial also has has shown some signs recently, yeah. Of course, he went on this really good purple patch towards the end of last season, post the restart. Uh, I think fans were starting to have a lot more faith in him because he's he's stepped he's he stepped up and put his name down, saying, "I need to be the the number one player here, the number one." Uh, 30 goal a season striker, but unfortunately the numbers have just not matched up to that, right? And I agree with you in terms of his movement. Yeah, uh, it's always a challenge, but also this is that attitude with Anthony Martial that sometimes he shrugs his, his shoulders. He's probably not enjoying some part of it. Now, on the on the converse side, right? Edison Cavani, I think great minds think alike. Ole said exactly the same thing that you said. Um, they would have really, really benefited from him because that movement, that work rate, and Cavani is is like a 
he's like a box to box striker right he's back there he's defending he's attacking when needed and i think he sets a a, a really great uh, example for the rest of the team besides his winning mentality and his his experience and maturity but unfortunately uh, the ban is what it is uh, we can only hope that he's back against burnley and then he can continue to to support the team uh, as we we continue for to to fight for more trophies right now after last night's game of course there's a there's a massive reaction on social media right of course the arsenal fans have taken a few hours away from their relegation battle to aim a few jabs against man united fans yeah but i like to to pick your brain a little bit on some of the disagreements going on between man united fans right now on on social media so the first one is a little bit about four out of four semi finals yeah and there's one way to look at it that is it is a positive four out of four semi finals reached um but also four out of four semi finals lost or even bottled right now which of these ones resonates with you more i think i don't think you can call it a bottled job from ole gunnar solskjaer mainly because the semi finals that manchester united have taken part in have been against very tough com- competitors you know manchester city this is known as their cup of recent years um mm-hmm. FA Cup last year against a Chelsea side that was that was flourishing they were playing excellent football maybe Manchester United went into the game as favorites but at the end of the day it's not a poor Chelsea side to lose to i don't think you can classify that as a bottle job what if, and you know Solskjaer has many many times discussed the whole mental mental reaction and is it a mentality issue not getting to a final no i don't think so um and Paul Pogba said it excellently to MUTV last night when he discussed um, there's no time to dwell on the defeat. There's two massive games coming up, FA Cup, which we'll preview later on in the podcast. Um, I just think that it's not a bottle job, but United do need a piece of silverware this year. And I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer can be uh, quite relaxed as to there's the FA Cup. They've got a favourable opponent in Watford. Um, you know, Europa League's still there. Whether they put all all of it into that, I'm not too sure. But um, it'll it'll be interesting. But I, I can't really see it being a being too much of a too much of a downer for Manchester United. Yep. Now, the way I look at it, right, is last year when we and again, right, just like we we spoke about last week, is, this is about um, a rebuild that's going to take a bit of time. And whether we we want to admit it or not, uh, the squad was was. Uh, nowhere near its best last year, and it's still not a complete squad, right? We're still missing that established right winger play. Uh, we're still missing that central defensive midfielder, a really traditional technical one, and uh, potentially a, a, a fit centre back who can go thirty thirty five games a season, right? Besides uh, Maguire with that pace. Now, um, the way I look at it is, uh, Ole did really well with the team, and the team did really well to reach those those three semi-finals last year and i agree with you 100% there that it was formidable tough um, opposition arguably against sevilla we seemed to run out of steam and uh, if you look around at that game i think it was in the last 2 minutes that oligona solcha bought on uh, juan mata because we didn't have that depth now then we've gone and we signed tellers we signed cavani uh, as well in this in this uh, in this uh, window yeah we signed van der beek and uh, definitely now we have more the depth right but uh, looking forward really to to man united still fighting the season because there are still trophies to be fought for um and uh, i think that we just need to break this 
this this first trophy kind of get to the first final win the first trophy and that will give a lot more self belief yeah but we mentioned also a little bit about you know coming from last year those three bottles uh, lost semi finals or reached semi finals the way anyone wants to look at it we've now got signings and one of them is donny van der beek right and yesterday again he came on in the 88th minute for fred now this is another debate that goes on social media a lot with with fans right van der beek would you throw him on more demand a quicker integration how would you use it i mean van der beek such a difficult um player to discuss as of right now mainly because i don't know if he's been given the amount of time to prove to manchester united fans or manchester united viewers whether he is capable of playing in the premier league um i remember when jose Mourinho bought henrik mkhitaryan and didn't play for months everyone was like what's going on here um why, why why have we spent this amount of money on a on a player from the bundesliga uh who supposedly you know tore up the league last year and he didn't play um but you know it takes a while to to get used to the the the, the, the high press in england the uh physicality of the game in in england um which is which is it is a tough tough change for for Donny van der Beek, you know, he is a Champions League semi-finalist, no doubt about that. He knows how to play in a good team. Um, but you got to remember that that team under Ajax, you know, the, the three or four of those players were his best mates uh, that he grew up with since the age of 12, you know. So it's, it's a difficult dynamic. But I think Solskjaer has to use him in the FA Cup on the weekend, uh, get him some minutes, get him on the ball and just get his confidence up. He doesn't look confident. And I think one of the biggest ways to tell when a player is running low on confidence is where are they looking when they pick up the ball because for Bruno Fernandes mm-hmm. he's looking forwards he always tries to play that ball forwards he's thriving off confidence van der Beek quick turn looks backwards passes backwards it's negative play and that's what Danny van der Beek has been doing because he's low on confidence you saw when he first arrived I mean he was running at players again uh, against Brighton which ultimately led to that final minute penalty um you know playing in balls in behind for Rashford to chase on to late in the game which which was excellent but since he's been you know kind of demoted to the bench his confidence has really really taken a hit and uh, that's a tough one for Solskjaer to manage and I guess over these next few months uh, and potentially years we'll learn whether Solskjaer can deal with with uh, players and see how well he he is at man management yep I was really looking forward to Donny van der Beek and Manchester United because um He's he's a shoot player, right? He has some really good qualities. You know, he gets he he runs in behind the defense at times, and he was really pivotal to that to that Ajax team that that did so well in the Champions League to get to the semis, right? Um, and also, I, what I see is that he he can be an understudy to Bruno Fernandes also and bring a little bit different of a of a vibe to that number ten role, yeah. Different different uh, technical ability also, and there's definitely a future for him at at, at United and. I think it's a matter of time before Solskjaer really integrates him, you know, fully. And you never know, maybe the vision is that he could be in some ways taking up that position when Paul Pogba inevitably moves on, as we, we've heard he is likely to do in, uh, uh, in summer. Right? But um, we've talked a bit about, uh, about the midfield also, but let's look at the defence. And um, once again, set pieces led to goals. Um, you know, Man- Man- Manchester City started without a proper striker, and yet we still conceded two goals. Now, what would be your assessment of the whole defence, and particularly Harry Maguire? Right, is he responsible for the goal, the first one, or 
is he being scapegoated um, once again? I don't know whether scapegoat is the right word. Uh, is he at fault for the goal? I, th- I think that would be tough to pin that on him. Um, although, you know, maybe his focus should have been a bit more uh, more visible on the pitch. Uh, I've always I, I, we discussed this last week on the pod. I said Maguire is a true leader on the pitch, um, and you could really from the press box when there's no fans in there, you can really tell that Maguire is leading this team from the back. And you've got to remember there are four defenders in that back line, um, and I think when one of them doesn't perform, it has an effect on all of them. So I think when Lindelof is caught out of position or when Lindelof can't recover um, for Maguire then that's when you have issues. You need centre-back partnerships these days. And not even these days. 20 years ago, you had centre-back partnerships. You know, the, the famous ones are, um, you know, Vidic and Rio. They put in an excellent shift for seven to eight years. Um, and I yep. think a, a big, big uh, part of this you can also look at is Liverpool's back line. You've seen how disjointed that's been without Van Dijk and Joe Gomez. I mean, obviously they've lost both of them. But even when Gomez was playing without Van Dijk, it was, uh, uh, you know, Gomez didn't look as good because he wasn't next to his his partner. So um, consistency in the back line is incredibly important when you've got um, Bailly, Lindelof and Maguire. There's obviously only room for two of them. So if if Maguire doesn't have a partner throughout the whole season that he can trust, then it's going to keep changing, isn't it? So uh, I don't know if you could pin it all on all on Maguire for last night, but something needs to happen with set pieces and set plays. I mean, the amount of goals that Manchester United have conceded from set pieces is unbelievable. And it seems to, seems to me that every time there's a set piece, you you just almost think that this could be a goal. Uh, of course, you could you could chalk out the ones like James Ward Prowse's free kick because that's just a moment of world class talent. Uh, but corner kicks sure. and. Uh, free kicks into the box that end up getting headed out and not really cleared well. Those are the ones where you can blame the defenders. Yep. And I mean, you saw it yesterday as well, right? Juan Bissaka with that header that went straight to, to Fernandinho and then he just uh, swept it home, right? Uh, brilliantly placed, of course, from him. But uh, still, Juan Bissaka should have done better as well over there. Now, my assessment of, of Harry Maguire is that uh, he really needs that that fast centre-back uh, besides him. Right? And uh, I feel that since the day that he's joined Man United, now this is his second full season, He's really helped to organize and arrange the defense better. It's really far from being perfect, but definitely improved uh, from what it was earlier. Yeah, um, and hopefully we can we can get that signing or keep Eric Bailly fit because you know? clearly, um, if this team is to go uh, is to win trophies, we need reinforcements and we need to continue doing that quickly. Yeah? Now, speaking of of winning and and proceeding, last time that we spoke, I think I shared my my gut feeling is that Ole is going to go for all four trophies, right? Doesn't mean he's going to win all. Of course, now it's only three remaining. Um, and the Carabao Cup was, with due respect to it, probably the the smallest or the, the least prestigious of those trophies that they fight for in England, right? But uh, he still went in with a, with a strong team against City. You saw that he wanted to win it. And now we move on to the next fixture, which is Watford in the FA Cup. Yeah? This Saturday at 8 o'clock, uh, GMT. Now, Last year we bowed out to that uh, to that FA Cup uh, to to City, uh, sorry to Chelsea in the in the semi-finals. Now, um, 
what would you assess as, as United? Oh, I think the FA Cup presents a chance for every team involved, whether it be the League One sides or League Two, a championship size. I think anyone can really get their hands on the FA Cup. I think it's one of those trophies, you know, you've heard it many a time, the magic of the cup. Uh, you know, famously Wigan beat Man City uh, about 10 years ago. Yeah. So anything can happen in the FA Cup. I think it's one of those trophies that the big teams sometimes kind of shake off. But that's one thing that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer cannot do this year. He needs a trophy. And I think United fans need a trophy too to kind of give give themselves a bit of reassurance under their manager. Um, I think the FA Cup is going to be an important one. And uh, you definitely don't want to be playing someone in your own league on the first round. You know, it just ends up being a league game and it takes a bit of magic away from it and the whole spe- um, good feel about the cup. Um, but, you know, Watford should be a good test for this second Manchester United side. I think uh, I think Watford will come with aggression. I think they'll come with pace uh, and uh, they'll definitely look to exploit the width at Old Trafford. Um, I, I think it's going to be an interesting game. I don't think United can... I think they can rest players, but I don't think they can switch the team up too much. You know, some fans calling for Facundo Palistri to play. Um, not sure about starting him, but, you know, there's room on the bench for him. Bring him on with half an hour to play and see what the kid's all about. Sure. Now, when you're looking at Watford, right, uh, they're currently sixth in the championship after, what is it, 22 or 23 games, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, the last six games in all competitions, they're averaging approximately one goal a game scored. Uh, one goal a game approximately conceded. How do you suggest that we set up? Do you suggest that we have the same 4-2-3-1 kind of formation? And what would the lineup look like? For I you? think the lineup for this one's uh, like p- picking the lottery numbers. I'm not too sure what Solskjaer is going for with this lineup. Uh, I'd expect Dean Henderson to start. Um, I would say Fosu Mensa put him at right back, but you know he's having contract issues at the moment. I think Harry Maguire is a lock. He's definitely going to start. Um, all right, let, let's just go through the whole team. I'm going with Dean Henderson, uh, Axel Tuanzebe, Harry Maguire, um, Eric Bailly or Lindelof. You see, I, I would personally choose Lindelof and play Bailly against Burnley on Tuesday night. But I've got a weird feeling he might go with Bailly on, on Saturday. Uh, and then I'd go for Tellers. I'd rest. Um, I'd rest Scott and Fred. And then I would definitely have uh, um, Donny starting. I'd, you, you know, Donny van der Beek needs those minutes. He needs those minutes to uh, get under his belt just to have some, get some confidence back in him. We were talking about that earlier. Um, but maybe, you know, go with the 4 2 3 1, maybe a bit of Nemanja Matic. Uh, Paul Pogba, do you start Paul Pogba against Watford? Is that a bit of overkill? Not too sure. Maybe there's room for Jesse Lingard in there. Um, but what I what I want to see is Mason Greenwood playing at, at the striker position. That's the big one for myself. I want Mason Greenwood starting at a position where he's comfortable in, uh, his natural position, and starting to get a bit of confidence back in the boy. I mean, against AFC Bournemouth last year in that massive win, uh, he, he was on fire, just absolutely smashing everything home. And that comes with confidence. And we've not really seen that cutting edge from Greenwood this season. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's the team I would go for. Yeah. 
I remember that game. I mean, I think it ended up five two, right? And they were watching the uh, Man United puts up these videos, you know, this behind the scenes kind of, uh, uh, of uh, footage and recordings, right? And you can hear their goalkeeper screaming, right? Don't let him shoot! Don't let him shoot! And of course, Greenwood wallops a couple of goals in. Yeah. Really talented kid, and of course, he's had a, a bit of a tough start to the season, right? Uh, some personal issues uh, uh, that I've heard about, but I have full confidence in him. Uh, he's a he's a really strong talent for us. Um, for my side, I think the 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 lineup, right? Of course, I agree with you completely. Uh, Henderson is a no brainer. Uh, Tell us as well. Um, Maguire. Um, Probably, yeah. I mean, we saw even last year, Ole always stuck with him, right? In the in the, the whole FA Cup run. Um, so I would also agree with uh, with Maguire, but I'd probably put Tuanzebe besides him, and I would give uh, Brandon Williams a run at uh, at right back. Yeah, um, Williams has got talent. He'll he'll be he'll be up and down the pitch. Um, uh, he's he's got good energy. Agree with you on Van der Beek. Um, and uh, Matic probably a uh, Matic Pogba. Now, striker role, I'm I'm fully on board with that. Greenwood uh, starts in that position. I think that he uh, he needs a little bit of that uh, that time to play up there, uh, challenge himself a bit because he's always been a striker. That's his natural position. On Facundo Pellistri, um, I'd say have him on the bench, yeah, but give him a run. It's he's definitely done. Uh, quite well recently. He's had three goal involvements um, for the under-23s and uh, he comes in with a, with a strong recommendation for the, from uh, Diego Forlan. Yeah, he's uh, well regarded in Uruguay as well. So, I believe that, that he deserves a chance. Now, Jesse Lingard is quite close also to a Manchester United exit, right? Even though there are rumours that his, his contract's been, been uh, extended. Um, so, probably this could be a kind of a, a show and tell demonstration for potential buyers. So, yep, let's let's uh, uh, wait and watch. Do you have any watch out watch outs for in terms of players for what for Watford? Uh, any danger? Well, I think the danger man is see? definitely Ismaili Assar on that right wing. Uh, we saw what he did to Liverpool last year. I mean, he could turn on those afterburners and get past all of the all of the United's defense. He's definitely one to watch out for. Um, you know, you can't write Troy Deeney off. You know, he's a veteran in the league, uh, across the English Football League. He knows how to get goals. He knows how to wind up defenders. Um, another one who may may have a point to prove is is uh, Tom Cleverley. Obviously, Manchester United former player. Um, didn't quite work out for him uh, at United, but he scored a wonderful goal against Newcastle. Call it a cross, call it a shot. I don't. I still don't know which one it was today, but mm-hmm. cleverly could be looking for a point to prove. Um, you know, Ben Foster might want to turn up just like every other former Manchester United goalkeeper when they come to Old Trafford. They 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 love a good performance, <laughs> yeah. don't they? Um, you know, Ben Foster. Uh, he's got his cycling goalkeeping YouTube, uh, and I think that'll be quite interesting to see the the GoPro on the floor. Uh, hopefully, someone someone scores from United, maybe Mason, and just. Gives it a little wave like uh, like Jamal Lowe did uh, last week. Uh, I don't know if you saw that, but that was quite a good, <laughs> yeah. good highlight. Um, I yeah, did. I think those are the danger men for Watford. Um, don't know too much about their defence, but, you know, they're a decent side. They're looking to come straight back up into the Prem and they should be, shouldn't be taken too lightly. I like I like Ismail Asar as well, right? There was a bit of, of chatter towards the end of the last, uh, the summer window. Um, 
when apparently there was inquiries and and potential discussions about about him moving to to united when uh, we ended up uh, scuppering the move for for jaden sancho yeah and uh, well who knows what the future holds but he's definitely a, a, an interesting and exciting young talent to have around but speaking of exciting and and interesting talents amad diallo a uh, young gem coming across from uh, from atlanta recent rumors that uh, that atlanta tried to keep him on for another 6 months and he said uh, sorry my future is manchester united he's got his his work permit sorted uh, in rome this week and uh, he he could be a real star for us right how do you see him making that impact for united would you have him in the in the under 23s for some months just defer it to next season how would you manage oh, how would i manage it or how would solshar manage it i mean they're two different uh, perspectives and opinions uh, so i'm i'm going to go with the solshar one i think solshar will give him time to time to get used to uh, england obviously he's a he's a youngster coming into england um not sure whether he'll be coming alone bringing his family not sure how that works in a covid world um but it'll be interesting to see how solshar plays this one out i think he should give him similar treatment to fecundo palestri give him some starting time in the under 23s um get him used to the language you know it's a it's a different it's a it's a big big step from from the italian league especially at such a young age who's not even really played that much in seria but i've said it since the beginning manchester united's recruitment team do not go out and spend nearly 40 million pounds on a player they don't think is worth it you know cristiano ronaldo eyes were were raised when eyebrows were raised when they signed cristiano ronaldo for the price that they did and look how that turned out you just never know with these players um for the good of manchester united obviously everyone will hope that ahmed diallo is the uh is the is the next uh, ronaldo for the club but you never know i think he needs to be careful in the way he's going to use him uh you don't want him to burn out i think maybe using him in a similar role to greenwood kind of you know stick him on the bench a few games in a professional game you know if it's 3 or 4 nil up with 25 minutes to go bring him on let him run at players and and see how he does there's no rush from a diallo he's got a future ahead of him and solshar will recognize that definitely i mean when you're coming into a into a new country as a as a as a, a young man right uh, i know i've traveled around the world quite a bit um whether you, you do it alone or with family right there is that cultural change you know it's a new style of football also coming to the to the premier league and i i agree that he needs to get a run out uh, for for the under 23s in fact i think that there's a there's a game on the 18th against leicester if i'm not mistaken where i'd probably you know just stick him on there as a, as a sub and uh, have him play one or two months over there and you know closer towards end of march or uh, or april time maybe give him a couple of of five minute appearances in the league yeah for the senior squad because you never know i i kind of feel like if if uh, you know to bring back that kind of romance of of the inevit- the the improbable happening at manchester united with with regards to that league uh, title push that we need this year we will need a couple of you know a one at least makeda moment right we had all those years ago to inspire to to set our hearts racing and set a bit of um, of of self belief also you know young kids sometimes who are um, who need a challenge they have they have sometimes nothing to prove they they're not worried they're not scared they come in and they give you those moments that really uplifts a team a fan base and a whole club together so I I do hope I keep my fingers crossed and as you say you know hope that that he will turn into the next uh, Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> Definitely that's what all United fans want
Great. Brad, thank you so much for joining. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much, Rohit. It's been a good one. So that's all for today. Thanks for joining us and listening to this episode. We hope you liked it. Please follow and subscribe to our podcast and don't forget to provide us your feedback and tell your friends about this podcast. See you soon.